This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Analyst at the World Cup. I've just witnessed England with a comprehensive victory over the West Indies. The West Indies bowled out, leaving five overs unused. Uh, and then England romping the victory, really, by eight wickets uh, with about 15 overs to spare. So it was really a bit of a one-sided match at Southampton today. I'm on my own, actually, but uh, we are going to hear from Ian Bishop, the great West Indian fast bowler, on his thoughts about the game and West Indies cricket in general shortly. But just a, a quick recap of the match. By the way, this podcast is brought to you by Cricket19, the official video game of the Ashes. And for more information and to purchase this brilliant game, you go to Amazon.co.uk. But meanwhile, England, well, it needs a video game performance really to try and beat them at the moment because they do look a really powerful side. And incredible what Jofra Archer has added with the ball, just such a kind of clever bowler as well as being very penetrative. The West Indies innings got off to a fairly poor start with some good bowling by Chris Wokes getting rid of Evan Lewis. He moved him across his crease with a few balls across him and then brought one back in, a bit fuller, played all round it, and he was clean bowled. Shy Hope and Chris Gale had a bit of a partnership. Um, Chris Gale decided in the end to take the attack to Chris Wokes and planted him back over his head and then tried to get stuck into Archer. But Liam Plunkett came on and, and bowled intelligently, actually, and sort of tucked him up and got him to pull a ball to deep square leg. And then Shay Hope was LBW to a quick ball from... Mark Wood, which angled back into him. And actually, England just bowled very intelligently because they used the, the high bouncer very strategically, just mixing them in with other normal deliveries. And the West Indians, particularly Chris Gale and latterly uh, Andre Russell, went for the pull shot on balls they couldn't control and hit catches down to deep square leg. There was a, a bit of a resurgence from both Nicholas Poor and who played well and looks like somebody who can really uh, build the West Indies team around in the future and 
also Shimron Hetmeyer, who played fluently, if a little bit luckily. But really, after that, the innings went in decline. When when Hetmeyer was out, caught and bowled to Joe Root, just miscuing one. And then after that, uh, he completely deceived Jason Holder with a brilliant delivery, which turned out afterwards to be a knuckleball, which floated down the leg side, and Holder thought it was an off-break and tried to work it with the spin, but actually it went straight on, and he chipped a catch straight back to Root. So Root had two wickets in the middle order, and after that, really, there wasn't much resistance from the West Indies. They just couldn't uh, figure out how to play the shorter stuff from... England, West Indies didn't use up the whole of their 50 overs uh, and then when the uh, Englishmen came into bat, their bowling the West Indies bowling was just sort of they tried to use the short ball intelligently but they just didn't get it in the right place and so therefore they really gave England a lot of free runs Johnny Bairstow eagerly accepting uh, some nice short balls and a few drives, 45 to him Joe Root who had to of course open the batting because of the injury both to Joseph and Roy who probably will be out for a little while. And Owen Morgan, who we heard afterwards probably could have batted. Uh, He had some kind of back issue and probably could could have come out to bat, but he sent Chris Wokes out at number three. And uh, after Joe Root got close to his 100, Chris Wokes played well um, and he got 40, just showing the depth that England have and the quality. And he made 40 before just getting out close to the end of the match. Joe Root moving creamily, so fluently and uh, generally just so in control uh, to his second 100 of the tournament, uh, unbeaten, not out 100. And he just looked as if he was going to get 100 all the way, really. He just looked so composed and in control. Ben Stokes finished the innings off and it was 213 for two after 33.1 overs. So England winning with over 15 overs to spare. Uh, superb victory by about 5.15 in the sunshine at the Southampton Bowl. And I spoke towards the end of the game to Ian Bishop, as I said. We talked about whether the West Indian loss was due to West Indian inadequacy or English supremacy. An apology for the the loud commentary voice of Michael Slater in the background. I think a bit of both. I I thought England, clearly they had their plans um, because a lot of talk centred around the big playing surface and what the West Indians like as as batters and don't like. And I think we saw with Russell's dismissal and Gale's dismissal that coming into play. Um, A couple of soft dismissals as well, I think, handing two wickets to to Ruth Hetmeyer and Jason Holder. Um, generally, though, I think the West Indies played well below where they could be, but credit to England that I think they bowled as they would have been hoping to. Yeah, the, the bowling of England was obviously aggressive, mm-hmm. but the aggressive tactics of England mm-hmm. seemed to have been more effective than the aggressive tactics of the West Indies. Can you, can you put your finger on why? Well, I thought it was. Uh, I thought the toss was important. To be to be fair, given that the pitch was under cover all of yesterday, um, and it was just a little bit, I suppose, sluggish in in one sense. But generally, look, um, Archer's an exceptional bowler. What he does in between the short balls is absolutely vital. Um, Meaning what? Well, he follows up a short ball, for example, with a delivery on a good length. Um, if that is necessary, if it needs to be fuller, he will get that in there. So I think he understands bowling for a guy who's just 24 years of age and so little experience. It's not just about the short ball, Simon, as you know. It's about how you follow up that short ball if the short ball itself doesn't get a wicket. 
So generally, I think there was more pressure created from Wolves at the top. Um, Wood came in and he did what he had to do with his aggression as well. And the bonus really was Joe Root because Plunkett prized one out as well, a very important one. So they both very, yeah, very well as a group. Mm. And uh, I, I, interesting, you make a point there about Archer because I've watched him a lot over mm -hmm. the last few months. Mm -hmm. Hardly ever seems to bowl a bad ball. He never seems to stray from his line, bowls from wicket to wicket. And he, he doesn't seem to bowl many half volleys. He bowls that awkward length, almost a sort of Glenn McGrath kind of yes. length at you, yes. hitting the top of the bat all the time with the extra pace uh, used you know, fairly consistently. So he bowls so consistently. And yet the, the West Indies, I suppose, what you're saying is that their aggressive tactics were OK, but they had, no, they had no else, nowhere else to go. There no plan B, really. Yeah, versatility to adapt to, to conditions which ride out a little bit. But I also thought that a number of the short deliveries from England were of the right height on this surface. It had to be shoulder height, it had to be head height, getting them to lose control of the hook, whereas the West Indies bowled a number into the midriff that allowed Root and Bearstow and Wokes to a lesser extent to pull the ball quite nicely. You see, that's... And you're not going to see this on the podcast, but it got up... The Wokes dismissal got up to head height, and for the first time in a while, it's hooked down to square leg. So that's what I'm talking about, the short ball getting up to head height. And, and it, with Gale and, to a lesser extent, Andre Russell, I suppose, the... I suppose the geography played into England's hands, or they, they utilised the geography well here, didn't they? Because you know, it's very long square boundaries, and if you can make batsmen hit in the air square the wicket... But Simon, that's, we, in our build-up this morning, we talked obvious. a lot about that. That is the thing about any format of the modern game. It's almost the first thing you look at before the pitch when coming here is the square boundaries. And just going back to Archer... Even when he ha he's had some bad games, having watched him just as you have over the last year and a half, and I've seen him have a couple of bad games, but even when he's had those bad games, you could clearly see what he's trying to do. It's just that he did not execute. So I think you accept that with a bowler. Once you understand that they're, they're trying to get so he's the got, right plan. He's, he's got the smart. Oh, he's got nows. He, he has got nows, and that, as much as anything, impresses him. Slower ball, Yorker, the timing of when it comes. He will go for runs, it's cricket. But as long as you know what he's trying to do. What about West Indies batting? Uh, obviously, Gale we know about. Yeah. Um, one or two of the others, Evan Lewis, um, Shea Hope hasn't really got going yet. Yeah. Uh, worry, does that worry you? Yeah. Um, Lewis has had his struggles now for just over a year, I think, when... First, I think it was in the IPL, and then Bangladesh sort of found him out by not bowling back of a length and allowing him to pull, to sit back and pull and cut. So he's been very indifferent in his form, and I'm seeing it sort of struggles continue here. Shea Hope has been in brilliant touch, has a problem with the short ball as well, like a lot of people, but even the ball at his body. But I think he's good enough to overcome it. Um, I just like the way Purana's played. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's a lot of depth in the batting, isn't yeah. there? Because you've got Purana, you've got Hetmeyer, you've got yeah. Andre Russell to add his impact. You've then got Holger, <sighs> you've got even Brathwaite. I mean, there's a lot of ability there, isn't there? Potential. Um, Andre Russell has to 
think, uh, think more on the record clearly. again. Well, not just think more clearly, but give himself more time. Yeah. Clearly give himself more time. He bats 30 balls today and then gets set in the last 10. You get 250, 260 easy. He's not giving himself time. And that is disappointing because he knows what he's supposed to do. Um, and Hola, he, he will get his runs down the way that he plays in straight lines. But it's just, to me, Hetmeyer will come good. Um, he's still 22 years old, very young, and doesn't quite understand the different ebb and flows of a game yet. But he's talented. So in a way, there's some encouragement here because the West Indies, there's some young players here. And even O'Shane Thomas is only 24. So 22? these guys... 20, sorry, 22. Mm-hmm. So... These guys are going to get better, aren't they? And then they're going to lose Gale, eventually. But they are—they've got the, the nucleus here, yeah. being a very competitive side. Oh, look! There's no doubt about that. I mean, to me, there are there are two teams that have come into this World Cup in better shape than most. Obviously, England, because they've been mostly settled for for two, three years. Um, New Zealand, to a lesser extent, and obviously India, but they still had their mid-order worries. The West Indies didn't really know what their best team was and still don't know what their best team is, apart from that series against England, where they drew. They have not won a bilateral tournament for nearly four and a half years. But the young nucleus that we're seeing here, and then you've got a guy called John Campbell from Jamaica at home, Chris Gale clone Sunil Ambris, who had a very good series up in, in Ireland. So there are some dynamics there that I think in time will and could be very impressive. How good are England? But it's simply, you have to beat them, you have to play well. Pakistan play better than England on that day when they beat them. You're not going to beat England if you don't turn up at your best game. Because Jofra Archer has added another dynamic with his bowling to that unit. Ben Stokes seems to be playing a better all-round game. Would you agree? In, yeah. in recent yeah. times, yeah. that is a huge well, boost. I think that. since he's come back from the IPL, he had a shocking IPL, <coughs> but since he's come back, I think he's just calmed down a bit. Right. Just scaled everything down a yeah. little bit and let his natural rhythms come out, yes. <coughs> and and so he adds now another sort of potent weapon with the ball and then just another dynamic in what is already the best and most dynamic batting lineup in world cricket. And they're well led. Very good team. I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm jealous. Okay, well, thanks to Ian Bishop for for that contribution. He is jealous of this England side. Well, we we're all very proud of them, I must say. Uh, they go to the next match, which is in Old Trafford on Tuesday against Afghanistan. I suspect Morgan and Jason Roy will be missing from that game, and it'll give the chance of someone like James Vince to have a game. Meanwhile, we're all looking forward to perhaps the biggest game of the World Cup. It's India v Pakistan at Old Trafford on Sunday. I can't wait for that. I'm heading up to Manchester and I'll bring you the next podcast on this series after the India-Pakistan game on Sunday. But in the meantime, England reigning supreme today at the Southampton Bowl and they've got two or three days off now. So, hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks for listening and speak to you at the end of the weekend.
Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.